to take a moment to invite you to check out my website, karagoodwin.com. I have a lot of resources out there to support your meditation practice. You can sign up to receive a free guided meditation to bring more calmness and light into your life. There's also a 21-day Learn to Meditate self-study program. And this can help you cultivate your own meditation practice or take your existing practice even deeper. Or if you're inspiring others in your life to begin meditating, that could be a great resource for them. There are also recorded workshops that Michael Massey and I have collaborated on, which dive into advanced concepts on consciousness. And I'll soon be releasing more offerings to support your growth, including an upcoming retreat later in the year. So please check it out at karagoodwin.com. And thanks for your support and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin. And today I'm so excited to talk to Michelle Henderson. Michelle is an author, a psychic medium, certified spiritual advisor, educator, spirit artist, and speaker. She worked in education for 30 years, and after retiring, she became a certified spiritual advisor. She is passionate about helping intuitive children embrace their gifts. She also shares her innovative ideas with other light workers, giving them direction about supporting families of intuitive children. So welcome, Michelle. What a blessing to have you here today. Well, I, I feel very blessed to be here. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk about this topic of intuitive children um, and guiding the families of intuitive children. But before we get to that, um, I gave kind of a high-level quick overview of your background. Can you talk a little bit about your path and how your own abilities began to show themselves? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everybody has a, a um, place and time where they have their spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. But whenever I was younger, um, I grew up in uh, the Dallas area. And as you know, it is a Bible Belt city, so very conservative. And uh, anytime I was just really fascinated with the meta metaphysical or anything unusual or, you know, whenever I would watch something about psychic mediums and my family, on the other hand, were not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things that we were curious about, but we would not speak up. And I could feel the different energies and different environments. I knew whenever it was a really good energy and then kind of a lower energy, just kind of dragging you down. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I was aware of that. And I was aware of whenever I talked to friends, I had an intuitiveness. I knew what they were feeling. And this was uh, as, as a I, child, right? As a child. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I knew what they were feeling and what they were thinking. And then my 20s, I began to, uh, I think spirit was really trying to wake me up. They, they would visit me and I could really feel them and I could start, I started hearing them. And, and so thought, who is them? Oh, well, back then I'm not for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So these voices, what they would, uh, I could hear them, but I couldn't understand what they were saying. Oh, interesting. So to me, I think it was a part of my spirit team when I think back, mm -hmm. uh, just trying to say, we are here for you. If you're ready to be, a, you know, uh, use us to your ability or to be able to become a psychic medium. At that time, I was not ready. It and scared was, me a little bit. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Was this like an, yeah. an audible thing that you could hear that sounded like it was outside of you? Was it inward? 
at that time, and I'm really not for sure, I perceived it to be outside. Okay. Of, of, yeah, of my Claire's. And then as I got older, then I became aware that it was inside. Mm. And so whenever I closed the door at that time, um, in my later 30s, early 40s, I started going to a psychic medium to help me um, because I was going, I, I, I feel like I need to open up and I just don't know how because I was a little scared of it. And she educated me. Mm. And once she educated me, then the door just opened and my spirit team, they were always there, but they never worked with me unless, or yeah, would work with me um, until I was ready. Mm -hmm. And they very patient. I'm sure they're going, come on, let's go. (laughs) Anytime (laughs) now. (laughs) But I finally said yes. And, and, um, and then I had to learn how to control it. So I'd be watching a movie and, um, and that's when you watch movies or TV, your subconscious gets out of the way. It's almost like driving and spirit is able to talk to you more. So I had a grandmother come in one time and she was so loud. And she said, I want you to tell my grandmother, uh, my granddaughter, this message. And I worked with her granddaughter and I said, okay, I will but you need to let me watch the movie. <laughs> so, so I did, I relayed the message and everything and, she, and her granddaughter could resonate with it. And so um, after that, I learned how to control it mm. to know when to bring in my spirit team and talk to me and work with me during work and when to bring in those loved ones and not when not to. Ah, now when, before you got that training with the medium that you talked about, and you were just hearing these voices. Did that concern you? Uh, yes, just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, because it it te- it it seemed like it was happening more and more. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we all had this thing: Am I going crazy? You know, am mm-hmm. I really hearing this? And it, it really felt like I was not going crazy. That it was actually something spiritual happening. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, you know, growing up with those scary movies, you know, all the poltergeist, all the, oh my goodness, in the seventies, they were really, really, really scary. Yes. So I think I program my brain to be scared when there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. So I really had to say, it's going to be okay. Um, They are here to help you help heal others. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, once I let go of that fear, is when it really, I got stronger mm-hmm. and I, and I knew how to work with it more. Mm-hmm. When, I have one more question about the hearing because are you, are you yes. primarily clear audience then? I, I am now mm-hmm. I use that. Plus I use, I um, sometimes gets the pictures. It depends on what the loved one or what the spirit team wants to use at that time. Okay. But I did st- start with clear audience. Okay. And, but sometimes I get the pictures excuse me. And sometimes I just feel it. Okay. Yes. So you have a lot, a lot of different clairs that are coming in. Um, when you're hearing it, is there a differentiation between how it sounds in your head versus what you would consider your own thought? Yes. So I can distinguish between the two. So whenever I'm talking to a loved one that comes in from spirit, Mm -hmm. it is still, it's like a conversation that we go back and forth. 
And whenever I ask a question, before I finish the question, an answer comes through. And it resonates, and how I know it's not really me talking is because it resonates with the person that I'm talking to, you know, mm -hmm. the sitter. Yeah. So they'll go, oh, I know exactly who you're talking to. So now if it's spirit that, that, um, that intuitive, like when you're driving mm -hmm. and you start going right and somebody tells you stop before you have an accident, that you can, you know, that's coming from the spirit world mm. because it's something that kind of wakes you up. Now I still have the thinking in my head on my own, mm -hmm. you know, whenever I think things through and I can definitely tell the difference. Okay. It's Even so in the beginning. Okay. It's so interesting because so many, it's, it's so different for different individuals. Like I would, I am not clairaudient. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. I'm like, when it comes to intuition, I am oftentimes it, it's hard for me to distinguish between my own thought and guidance that is from my team or, and, and uh, I don't, you know, I'm not a medium or, or anything. So I feel that the messages that I get are more from my, my team, but it is not like, like I just had a conversation with a friend of mine a couple of days ago and I was like, man, I really just felt like I had to reach out and she was going through a hard time and I didn't know that until I talked to her. And, um, and I was like, I feel like, you know, somebody that was really close to her who had passed away. I was like, maybe that, you know, maybe I was getting some sort of a, a nudge from her. And I said, but it's not like, you know, she appeared at the bottom of my bed and was like, call my mom or whatever, you know, I was like, it just was like, you just kept coming to mind. It doesn't mean that it wasn't somebody on her side who was, you know, prompting that. But for me, it didn't come through. It doesn't typically come through as something that I can differentiate from my own thoughts, if that makes sense. Now, were you afraid of it when it came through? No, because it really felt like me. Yes. You know what yes, I mean? And that's and that's what I was going to say. Sometimes your higher self will actually help as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you have your spirit team, which to me, they're a part of you as well. Mm -hmm. But your higher self too, sometimes can take over yeah. and bridge that gap. Yeah. And then it so just feels it, like it's, you can't differentiate, I guess. Right. And sometimes yes, mm -hmm. but, but you still, but that's still a part of you whenever you connect in with spirit world. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so regardless where it, you're still tapping in mm -hmm. and it doesn't really, to me, it doesn't matter where the, the source of, who is giving it to you mm -hmm. as long as you receive it. Right. Which is important. Right. And that is that I'm glad that you highlighted that because that's my, my point as well is that even if you're not, hearing something that you recognize as external or not you, it doesn't mean that it's not from high, a higher power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting when you talk about whenever um, I didn't see someone at the end of my bed, you mm -hmm. know, as you get older, um, I've talked to psychic mediums that that does not occur as much as mm -hmm. it did when they were younger. Oh, so I it's think like when a trigger. You're, younger, you're able to pull all that out. Or maybe you yeah. need it more. It's part of your oh, well, training. That's, true. that's yeah. true too. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's very true. 
And then as you begin to trust yourself and you recognize the energies, you don't need that verification. Because I would imagine that takes more energy on their side too. You know, if they can get to you an easier way, <laughs> you know, why not? Absolutely. And, yet, and every, every time I start a reading, you know, I know that they are there, but the more that you tap in and everything, it's not as strong in the beginning because you, I mean, as you go, because you know that they're there and they don't have to use that energy to present that. So as you're connecting in, um, then you're connecting in, then you really start talking to them and they go, oh, they're there. In the very beginning, I kind of get scared. I think, well, what if they don't? I mean, I still do that. Really? <laughs> They're very vulnerable. Yeah. But it always works out. I'm always able to connect them. Yeah, it's that present moment, it sounds like. is so... I was tapping into that this morning of, of just not, again, not from a spiritual medium perspective, but just that, like, how important the present moment is and the trust that it will fall in when it's time. And this is happening more and more with me too, where I just have to trust that like, even if I'm like the information that's coming today may be relevant to something that I just read like moments ago and, and to trust that alignment rather than having to pull on my intellectual understanding of all the teachings that I'm familiar with and and all of the you know whatever where it's you know this this whole intellectual exercise it's like wow when you really are just in the present moment it's like what is coming right now mm-hmm. and that trust that it all falls in when it's and I, and I think that's exactly what yes so whenever you start questioning it or you, you know, your ego gets in the way and they're and you're going, is that really happening? That's when the connection is broken a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's because you're not, you know, you're you're going, okay, I'm getting scared, and that emotion gets in the way. Mm-hmm. That's that what really helped me to get my ego out of the way is a lot of art activities, oh. yoga, and meditation. Oh. And yoga, and I was doing this during my spiritual awakening, really helped me. Uh, focus because mm-hmm. when you're doing yoga you know you do that mantra and then you always think in the moment mm-hmm. and I could really feel the energy around me whenever during a yoga session mm-hmm. yeah that's beautiful yes, so that many gets in the way yeah <laughs> so many great tools and like you say the creative outlets are amazing too so I know we didn't really talk about this but um I read that you have worked a lot when you were in education, you worked a lot with children with autism and special needs children. And I'm interested that you worked so much with children with autism. And now your focus is on helping parents of children with psychic gifts. And I wondered if there's bleed over between those two groups, if there's um, if, if children with autism tend to be more likely tuned into their extra senses, um, or not? I don't know. Oh, and you know, those are wonderful, wonderful questions. Yes. So working with autism children, that became my specialty. And I did parent training uh, for children with autism for Mm -hmm. families. So that, yes. So that really helped me gear what I am doing now to help families with, with psychic children and know what to do with that and how to really nurture that growth that they have in there and still being afraid of it. But yeah, so working with autism children and doing the research 
I was fast. I was going, oh my gosh, I was in that situation. So yes, a lot of the children who have been diagnosed with autism, especially when they're nonverbal, mm-hmm. they can telepathically talk to you. And I feel like whenever I was in a session with a, a little one, two-year-old, I can still remember, he had blonde hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like we connected and I knew exactly what he was needing. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and when I say telepathically, I'm not saying with words necessarily, but our energies really combined. And it was almost like we could understand each other. And, um, and there is a, actually, there is a medium who, who, an adult medium who has been diagnosed with Asperger's, who practices as a medium. Mm. And uh, William Stillman is his name. So, and that, uh, to me, I'm going, oh my gosh, I think that is, that's perfect. So, but yes, so a lot of these children, I think, can tune in and see things that we cannot see, because a lot of times they'll look off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And they'll laugh. And I'm going, what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, I think they can connect, even though they can't really tell you. Now, there is some children. I've talked to several parents who they say that their children can tell them what who they've had contact with and who they've been talking to. So, yes, yeah, so their energy is totally different mm-hmm. than, you know, uh, neurotypical is what we say, neurotypical people mm-hmm. <laughs> who have not been diagnosed. Yes. I just think, you know, when, when you look at the earth too, we have energy grids mm-hmm. and you can see, or a lot of people can feel them. Some people can see them. And to me, I believe these children can actually see the different types of energy and maybe into different realms. And I actually have come up with a different name for them. Um, for And I call, I love to call them kaleidoscope children because they're able to see the different patterns. Because, you know, when you look through the kaleidoscope, you can see the different patterns, the geometric patterns. And I think that's a lot of times what they're seeing are the different colors and the different energies. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. And... Um, it's it is fascinating. I, I read a book a few months ago, a couple months ago. I think it was called Lyrica's Ascension Journey, and she's a woman in um, Sedona in the Sedona area area right now. But she's okay. a an adult person, a non speaking uh, person with autism, and her mom wrote the book. But they have used like pyramid technology and things like that so that they can connect in higher dimensions. And her mom talks about the multidimensional work that Lyrica does, and um, it is really fascinating. I actually had them on the podcast, and we had a lot of technology issues. Oh, you know, no. oh, of course. Yeah, and so we're. We, I didn't. Oh, no. re- I didn't release it because okay. it was really choppy, and so we're gonna. Hopefully, we'll connect next week, and I can get oh, that out. I'd love but to hear that. fascinating! It's so and fascinating. Being- and being in Arizona, of mm-hmm. all places, yes, all that energy. So right. that is really best. And to me, I think these kids are getting stronger and stronger mm-hmm. with each generation. I agree. There's a lot coming in. There, yes. there, the there's a lot of difference in these younger generations, and and they just seem to not buy into the mainstream so easily, and it makes me hopeful about what they're carrying 
in and what that means for the future. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, they tend to be what we call sensitive children. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're very empathic and they can feel the different energies and everything. And so I think they definitely come with love. And even though they, they may be exposed to the mainstream, they may be exposed to life. I think they're strong enough to continue on that journey. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to me, honestly, I think they can teach their parents on how to, you know, really grasp and just embrace their spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I say spirituality because I think it's it's really important for them to realize that there is something that's higher power mm-hmm. that is, you know, helping them on their journey. And this could be their higher self, whoever they think, you know, as a higher being. Uh, I, everybody thinks of it differently, you know, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody's on a different journey. But I think when the parents are aware of their children being spiritual or their gifts, then I think they're going to wake up and say, you know what, I might have the same gifts mm-hmm. because this is my child. Yeah. And that is so true. Right, right. Yeah. I love that. So so in in working with intuitive children, of course, I'm sure they're not all you know, children with autism, you know, that just oh, was right. a little no, bit. no, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So right. what are, what are the most common signs that you see of intuitive children? Okay. So, oh my goodness, there's, and I'll just tell you a few, there's so many and it, mm-hmm. it depends on the child, but the number one thing is that they're very empath. You know, they are an empath. They can feel different feelings. They can feel the different emotions and which makes them sensitive they cry constantly Mm. you know they come home from school they're exhausted they need to be alone and then many many times especially the younger children they are able to see a grandmother a grandparent you know any anyone who has passed on or they have an imaginary friend is what we say that they talk Mm. to and they play with and I think that's what really scares parents a lot of times and they think well is this a real imaginary friend from spirit or is it just their imagination? Mm -hmm. And to me, I think, you know, having an imaginary friend is so soothing, is so comfortable, you know, is, does it really matter? You know, that kind of thing. If it's somebody from spirit who is playing with a child, I think it's awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, invite this loving spirit in to help your child. And I think there's just, again, I think it's a fear factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of these children can see uh, different colors around people, which of course mm-hmm. is the auras. Mm-hmm. And they may or may not understand what that is. So again, I think we need to educate our kiddos, mm-hmm. you know, in creative ways. Because I know teaching yoga, yoga to children and meditation, completely different techniques as an yeah. adult. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, right. What sort of, is there a specific age where these gifts start to come online or where they start to dissolve either way? Oh, and that's a very good question. So, um, of course, when they're born, we're all born with it, you mm-hmm. know, we, and we accept it because, you know, we, we don't know any different. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, two-year-olds are able to state, hey, I see somebody over there, you know, mm-hmm. or they look at somebody and start talking or start playing with them. So it can start really, really young. Mm-hmm. And then I believe once they become teenagers, and I've seen this, then they start because of peer pressure, 
or they, and they want to be social, they want to be accepted, uh, that's when it starts dropping. Mm -hmm. And I think life gets in the way and then they get busy and so forth, you know, and, you know, hopefully they're using it on a daily basis because you can use your intuitiveness as, as you're working. Mm -hmm. I know I did. And then, um, and then whenever it was time, I knew it was time to use my gifts. Mm -hmm. And so they may be going through the same thing, but they also need to accept their authentic self. But, but yeah, so as they get older, I think they become more aware of the social norm Mm. and what is accepted and what's not. But I do think things are beginning to change. I think it's beginning to be accepted more and more. And I think, um, and I think more kids are are looking at it as, oh, that is really cool. Yeah. (laughs) But, but again, as a teenager, they really need to be educated because sometimes if they're trying to find themselves, they may begin to look at, and I don't want to call it a dark side. It's just a lower form of energy. So they may dive into more of uh, things that may injure themselves, uh, a different cult, you know, type of cult. Um, so that's why it's really important to keep them in the love and the light. But yeah. again, everybody's on a different journey. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and you talked a little bit about um, parental fear, but I know that you work a lot with families. Like that's yeah. a big part of it is is helping the parents to accept and understand what's happening. Um, but why do you feel... Why do you think that parents might tend to avoid recognizing and encouraging that the development of these abilities? Right. So, and each family is different. And so whenever I first start working with families, I always ask them, what religion sector are you a part of? Because a lot of times that will be the number one thing. You know, they've been programmed, they've been taught, you know, to be afraid of the unknown. So, and, and it's not, and I, you know, I don't judge. I just go in and try to help them the best that I can. So, um, and, I, and it's the fear of the unknown. I mean, they can see their child being happy or if their child is a little bit afraid of it and they don't know how to comfort their children. So, you know, it's all, so I try to educate them and give them um, exercises that they can do with their child. And the number one thing I teach them is you are in control. Okay, you don't have to have it control you. You are in control. So as long as they feel like they are in control and can manage whatever is going on in their house, I think that really helps them. And then I try to teach them it's not it's okay where your child is. And so I try to do teach them exercises that they can do with their child. Mm-hmm. And they can bond together in that area. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, you touched on this a few minutes ago, but um, that you feel like the tide is changing a little bit and some of that like reluctance that children may feel as these gifts start to become recognized within them, that, that there might be a shift Um but I, and this was one of my questions, like, do you feel like there is more familial, like more family acceptance of children like this than there was like 30 years ago? Um, I'm not sure how far back it goes that you have been on working with children in particular on right. this path, but right. 
I know that there are there's work by like Dr. Even Ian Stevenson, you know, for example, where he's worked on um, children's past life memories. And he's been doing that since, I want to say, the 60s or 70s. And he passed away years ago. But, you know, a lot of his work was in the East because it was so much more accepted there that these stories could develop. He had a handful or uh, he had so many cases. His work is really fascinating. He's got a huge library. He worked um, at the University of Virginia. But... um, but the cases were so f- much fewer here in the West. All right. And it seemed to be because, like, it just was shut off for, you know, oh, it was excellent. like n- not an option, you know? Right. <laughs> like, we're not going to yeah, yeah. investigate this because it's ridiculous, you know? <laughs> right, right. And I think, yes, and I think it's people tend to move very slow with change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of a parent. Uh, what is it? A parag- <laughs> a paragram? I'm trying to think of the paradox or yes. There you go. Yeah, it's kind of you know it takes time to change with new ideas. Oh, a paradigm. Paradigm. A paradigm. Yes. Okay. Yes, shift. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just went blank there for a second. Yeah. But I think in the 60s, and I think we're beginning to see a cycle. Mm-hmm. So in the 60s, I think that there was a spiritual awakening there mm-hmm. uh, because of all the wars that, that were going on and all the oh my gosh, the chaos in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're beginning to go back to that. Mm -hmm. And I think after COVID, I think people are beginning to wake up Mm -hmm. and they're saying, you know what? Life is so short. I need to find spirituality somewhere. Mm -hmm. I need to know that there's hope. I need to know that there's faith. Mm -hmm. So I think that people are beginning to realize that, I don't want to say COVID happened for a reason, but it's almost like, like, come on, you've got to wake up. We need to kind of shift things mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. And so I think people are beginning to wake up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that that has something to do with it. It seems like there is definitely, you know, a shift societally. Um, and it's rap- it seems to be rapid at the moment, like very accelerated. Right. Right. And I think, too, a lot of people are beginning to leave the church. And I think that's one reason why I think they're, they're looking for something. And they're just, you know, and, and they're just and I think that's again, I think that's why people's minds are beginning to open up and they're beginning to open the door a little bit. Yeah, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Interesting. To have that connection. Yeah. More applied experiential yes. rather than dogmatic. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I had Absolutely. a guest on recently, Carol or um, Catherine Lanigan, and she talked about a near-death experience of her dad. And he was a very devout Catholic. You know, he, he was a professional, like kind of, you know, followed things to the letter and then had this near-death experience. And he just started using totally different language. He was talking about beings oh, of light and that he, you know, was on the other side. He didn't talk about heaven. It was like the other side. So like the vocabulary he was using was different. And there was like, even though it didn't, it wasn't in parallel with the doctrine and the dogma of the church, he had absolutely no doubt because he'd experienced it. Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. You know? I think that, oh, I love that story. Mm, I love how people really after death experiences come back mm-hmm. and say, you know, it's not as complicated as we're making it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And no, it's a, but, but I still, you know, I still go to church and people, you know, through social media, a lot of my friends are from the church are finding out. And I actually had a couple go, oh, how cool. Can I come for a reading? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that's another way, you know, reason why I think people are beginning to open up more and more. Yeah. And it, it, I was um, actually with a child yesterday in a, in a school system. And, she, you know, I, I think it's, you know, spirit to spirit talking. I know, I think the children know, oh, I can tell her this. And so all of a sudden, she just ta- starts talking about her sister who has passed away and never met her. But you could tell that, and I could feel the sister's energy as well being around her. And, and I looked at her and said, I guess your sister will always be your sister. And that's exactly what she needed to hear. And she said, yep, she will be, you know, Aww. that. and so I thought, oh, yeah. so, you know, I think whatever resonates within us. Those people to us that really need to talk or, you know, we have something to give for their healing. Yeah, beautiful. Well, let's talk about your recent book. Can yes. you can you tell us about it? Oh, absolutely. So, and it's very interesting how, again, <laughs> Spirit and the Divine works mm-hmm. because it was one of these things I needed to do. Um, and this was last March. And I knew exactly what needed to be in the book. I had the, all the experiences uh, that I had in education. I just felt like, hey, this is going to pull it all together. This is the reason why I worked all of these years in education. You know, there's always a reason why you do something, you experience something. So yeah, so this book, um, and it's called Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children. And what it is, it's a, it's a guidebook is what I like to call it because it guides people. It, parents can, can read it as well, but it's for light workers. It's for coaches, spiritual coaches it's, or teachers, whoever are working with children who experience intuitive um, experiences um, or paranormal experiences. It kind of, it gives them the tools to go into a fa- family's home and do some type of family training in that area. So in the very beginning, it says, okay, you need to first do an intake session. And what an intake session is just getting information on what's going on with the family and with the child. And then it has uh, exercises that you can actually use to be able to teach these families what it means to be an intuitive and how to deal with this, okay? And the spirituality of it and all. And then at the end of the book, it has case studies. Well, if you had this child and this child is experiencing this and this and this, and the family is telling, giving you this information, what would you plan for this family? So again, it's, it's more of a tool for us to use. And of course, the fear factor should be thrown out. Because I, and I've, and another way that I, I researched is I talked to several psychic mediums who, what they experienced when they were children. And they said, I didn't have the support. My family told me to shut up, <laughs> no more, close that door. And they said, if I had somebody that could push me along, 
and embraced what I had, I would be further along than I am today. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, that's so, um, it's such a universal foundational truth, right? I mean, Absolutely. you can think of Absolutely. anything where you've got like a, a musician, you know, who has a skill oh in there or an artist is probably a better analogy or maybe both, but you know, somebody who really wants to be an artist and it's not practical, you know, or the parents don't don't want to nurture that because they want them to have something, you know, steady to fall into as a career. And uh, so it's not nurtured, you know. That's so, a great way to put it. So important I, to I kind mean, of... that is a great, great comparison. Yeah, yeah. If we meet our children where they are, and that can, it can be hard because we want, as parents, we want to set them up for the highest success, however we view success. And, you know, in the case of, um, that can be one of those interesting things with how quickly times are changing where it's like, okay, well, as a parent, we may have experience where, you know, there was somebody who was considered a weirdo who was always talking to their, you know, invisible friend in fifth grade or something. And so it's like, well, I don't want you to go through what I saw that person go or what they went through. You know, I turned that off because that was uncomfortable. That was traumatic or, you know, whatever. But without recognizing where that their child is growing up in a different environment societally, that may also be nurturing that in a different way where it's cool. You know, hey, how much are the Marvel movies helping us with this? I don't know, but, you know, oh, we've yeah. got a lot of, like, superhero movies where this stuff is awesome. You know, these right. these kinds of gifts are, are amazing. So is that, like, helping children to where they don't feel so alien, you know, if they're experiencing the supernatural? I don't yes. know. Yes. And I, you know, that's great. I love, I'm one that loves all the Marvel movies. Yeah. And you're right. Each one has a different ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do talk, especially in the X-Men, you know, there are certain families that want them to turn it off, mm. you know, instead of going to that fabulous school of, mm-hmm. you know, of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, so that is actually talked about. Yeah, where the family is saying no, we don't want because we don't want you to be used, and that's another thing. Um, is I recently read a fictional book by Stephen King, um, where this little boy did have the psychic ability, a mediumship abilities that could talk to someone, you know, after who has passed away, and he was being used by the police officers or detectives that were around him, and they said, and they would, you know almost kidnap him to the fact and say, we want you to do this. And so we do need to protect our children because they can also be used Mm -hmm. in society. In society. And then also, you know, not all beings that are, that are on the other side are benevolent too. So I don't know, is there anything that you, any coaching that you do in that regard, as far as like protection or how to discern you know, light and, and what's maybe not as benevolent. Right. Well, you know, yes. So, um, I do teach them the intention 
Mm-hmm. What you put out there is important. Mm-hmm. So if you intend for to work with love and light, that's who you will work with. Mm-hmm. If you tend want to work with a heavier force, a darker force, that's who you will work with. So yeah, so I always tell them it's all in the intention. Um, there are some clearing techniques that you can use. And I, you know, I actually clear my office. I use sage. And I love, I just love the smell. I love it. It opens me up. It clears the energy. It's not because I'm afraid of, you know, dark energies coming in or being right there. I just, I clear it because it just so much, it's almost like cleaning your house, you know, of dust. You're clearing it of energy, basically. Um, So there are so many different ways that you can clear a home. Um, but, But it's all in the intention if you want to think of it, because you're not going to constantly stay in your home. Mm-hmm. You may go out in public and, you know, um, and a spirit may, you know, come home with you mm-hmm. because they like you, they like your energy. Mm-hmm. So, but if you, you know, practice intention and you pray about it, um, you will definitely stay in that love and light. Mm-hmm. But for me, I am really not afraid of the darker energies because mm-hmm. I don't have the intention for that. Right. And that fear, the lack of fear is so important as well. Yeah. You know, you yeah. get in that fear and then you are attracted. You're just, yeah. you're at a lower <laughs> frequency. So it's like, yes. you're make it easier for that. So that's so important to just be yes. aware and diligent, pray, like you say, be connected to source and also trust and, yes. you know, be intentional. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you had to highlight one takeaway from your book, what would that be? Oh, my goodness. Just exactly what we've been talking about Mm -hmm. is to embrace your uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid of anything spiritual. And really, spiritual is number one to Mm -hmm. have in your life. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. How can people find out more about you and your work? Okay. Well, they can um, go on my webpage. So it's www.michellehendersonmedium.com. And I also have a Facebook page, but my, um, my webpage really explains everything. Okay. And you do sessions because we've talked a lot about children, but it sounds yes. like you also do private sessions with I do. everybody. Yes, I do. Uh, so I do mediumship and I do psychic readings and mm-hmm. I can also do both. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also training um, light workers, or like I said, educators, whoever want to uh, be a part of these families. Mm-hmm. So I'm training them. And if they want to be a part of the training, they need to go to the website and become a member of the website. Mm-hmm. And we meet one time a month on Zoom. And that way they, we can brainstorm about who they're working with and if they have any questions or they want to teach others, of, hey, this really worked with this child mm-hmm. and this great. family. So, yes. Yeah, beautiful. Good. Well, is there anything else that you want to share as we wrap up here, Michelle? Um, I don't believe so. Just, okay. again, um, just know that they're especially after COVID, there is hope at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just to embrace who you are. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing. This is really important. I I can imagine that 
this is, you know, so eye-opening and supportive for so many families and children and, and people who are grieving and, and so on. So thank you so much. Oh, well, you're welcome. Well, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Please share this episode. I appreciate your support, rating, reviewing, and sharing. So thank you again for listening, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation. Mm-hmm.